Hello and welcome to the Press Pass Podcast. I am your host, Liam McEwen of The Big Lead. And today with us, we have Sarah Spencer from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be talking with you. Of course, of course. So to get started, as always, um, in your own words, just describe kind of your journey through sports media from when you first realized that this is what you wanted to do to where you are now as uh, right as the writer, the Hawks writer for uh, the AGC, AJC. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, well, you know, I think I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Um, I always loved sports, always loved writing, but um, I don't know. I was a little bit late to kind of grab some opportunities at UGA, which is where I went to college, um, to grab some some opportunities at UGA by the horns and really go for it. Um, and I think some of that is I just needed to like grow in confidence. Um, and so I actually really didn't dive into uh, all the opportunities that were, you know, at my fingertips until after my sophomore year of college, which, you know, a lot of people in this industry will, um, you know, that's definitely late. That's definitely uh, being a late bloomer for sure, but that's okay. It all happens, you know, in its right time. And so um, I was a sophomore at UGA. I had taken, I actually wasn't even a journalism major. Um, but it was something I was always interested in and, you know, thought I had some potential, thought, thought I had some potential for it. Um, so after my sophomore year of college, I started writing for the Red and Black, which is an independent student newspaper at UGA. And I honestly can't say enough good things about it. And so I went over there and I was as green as you could possibly be, like the greenest of the green. And, um, you know, I, I went over there and I think the cool thing about that is, you know, I was learning from my peers, which I think was a little bit less intimidating for me. Um, and so, you know, you just kind of go through the trials and tribulations of learning how to do this, um, you know, learning. And at that point it wasn't even, you know, source building or anything like that. It was just like, how do I write a story? How do I, you know, how do I, how do I marry, you know, writing in like the fun, creative, really storytelling way that I like to do with, okay, but we also need to make sure people come away knowing this information. And so that's basically what I learned that summer. It was, it was, it was such an awesome time. Like I look back on that summer so fondly because, you know, it's, it's summer, there's not that much competition. It was just a perfect environment for me to learn how to do what I wanted to do. And I just like absolutely fell in love with it. Um, and then my junior year, just full fledged, just dove right into it, ended up covering a couple different Georgia sports for the red and black worked my way up from, you know, I, I guess like I started out on like volleyball, did a couple different sports. Um, by like the end of that year or my senior year, I was doing Georgia baseball, um, which of course Georgia baseball got good after I left, you know, as those things go. Um, of course, as soon as I'm not there, uh, as soon as I'm not there, they get good. Um, so covering baseball, basketball, worked my way up to football, um, got to travel a little bit, had a blast. Um, and then my senior year, you know, at that point I had, had really dove in and gotten a lot of experience. Um, and then my senior year, oh, actually, uh, after my junior year, I got a, an internship with the Richmond Times Dispatch, which a lot of my family's originally from Virginia, and I had spent a lot of time up there. So I ended up just like emailing the sports editor there. I didn't even uh, there was no like official process necessarily that I googled because I'm always hesitant with stuff like that because I feel like you're just going to go into an online database and no one's ever gonna really 
you know, you're just kind of going to get lost out there in cyberspace. Um, maybe some people have had more luck with that than I have, but that's always been my experience when you just like, you know, file something away online. So I reached out to the sports editor and was like, um, and it's funny now because he and I are good friends and have stayed in touch since then. But um, I just reached out and was like, hey, my family's originally from Virginia. Well, I was born down here, but, you know, I have a lot of family from out there, spent a lot of time up there, um, you know, know the area reasonably well, um, love what you guys do, need an intern for this summer. <laughs> and uh, long story short, I eventually got it. I guess I convinced them to let me let me work for them. And um you know, it's so funny now because I, I made such good, I made such good connections with all the people up there and not even connections, just like friendships. Like I learned so much that summer as well. Um, you know, like whether it was covering like high school state championships and, you know, what happens when that team, the team that you're covering loses, like how do you interview, you know, a 17 year old when they just, you know, struck out and lost state, you know, or, uh, covering, I got to go to Ashburn and cover like some training camps some OTAs, like so much, so much stuff, you know, fighting DC traffic. That's fun. Um, <laughs> just, just things like that, that you learn how to, you know, you just kind of learn how to, how to live. Um, and so I did that, came back way more experienced for my senior year. And I was still doing a little bit of stuff at the red and black, but then actually eventually I was kind of offered a gig with rivals. And so um, I did that and covered basically was kind of like a student, I, I guess, assistant maybe, or just like, you know, a student writer um, for Rivals. And those guys were so great, helped me a lot, learned how to do some recruiting stuff in addition to, you know, they just gave me the freedom to kind of do whatever I want, whether it was features or whatever. And so um, my senior year, I worked for rivals um still keep in touch with those guys and they're just they're awesome i just had the best experience with them and then um post-grad i got an internship covering the pirates um for mlb.com and the way that came about was kind of funny because um i actually ended up applying late wasn't exactly sure it was what i wanted um and i sat down with matthew leach who is actually lives in athens and uh, is a is an editor at MLB.com and just kind of like had a heart to heart with him. And um, it, it just went really well and was really encouraging. So I ended up um, applying for the MLB.com internship was placed in Pittsburgh. Went up there. I think I packed my car up like two days after graduation or something. And, and just like on my, you know, took my, took my CRV out to Pittsburgh from Georgia. Um, so I did that. I did that. Had a good summer, even though that was when, I kind of got there right as, like, at the time, Andrew McCutcheon had hurt his thumb, and so they, you know, it's not, covering the Pirates isn't, you know, it's not, um, they're not going to win the World Series or anything, you know, so um, so that was, but, you know, you learn how to do, like, the daily grind of baseball, which is so, which is so, um, I don't know, it's, it's just really good experience, and so I did that. Um, I actually got a job at a small paper in South Carolina um, after that. And I was there for a little bit, and then I got a um, then I got a job with the Post Gazette in Pittsburgh, and I just had such a good experience in Pittsburgh. And the Post Gazette was a good paper, and um, it was just I, I, I kind of I found myself like kind of being drawn back there. So I went back up there, and I was there for I guess two and a half years, 
and I was covering some college basketball. I got to do some general assignment stuff, like got to do some digital stuff as well. And just honestly, like had a really good experience there as well. And then, um, and then now I'm at the AJC. Um, and I think it was just, it was just right time, right place, right beat, right everything. And everything just kind of fell into place for me. And um, now I'm covering the Hawks and I get to cover the NBA and I'm just super lucky to be where I am. So that was a long answer, but, but that's how I came to be where I am. That's exactly what we're looking for. Us sports journalists spend a lot of time talking about other people, but not so much time talking about ourselves. The whole I purpose. know, it's so weird, isn't it? I feel weird talking about myself. <laughs> <laughs> a little unnatural, but that means you're good at your job, I'd say. Um, so. Oh, I know you said, you know, you got in the game a little bit late, basically figuring out when you were 19 or 20 that this is what you wanted to do. And obviously there are, you know, there are some downsides to that. But what now that you're, you know, removed from that, you've had a couple of jobs, you're firmly established now. Do you see any almost positives to waiting that long to kind of be like, OK, this is what I want to do? I think maybe I think it kind of did. I think it kind of depends on your personality. I think for me, I I think for me, it kind of did help me because, um, you know, at this point, I don't know any other way, but I think it kind of helped me because once I decided that this is what I wanted, like that fire was lit because I knew I only had a certain amount of time to do everything that I wanted to do. And at UGA, we actually have like a sports media certificate program and it's run by this awesome, absolutely awesome professor named Vicki Michaelis. And she's just like fantastic, has so much experience, has covered Olympics, worked for USA Today, covered the NBA. And I remember there's also um, another professor, uh, uh, Welch Suggs, who had worked for like the Chronicle of Higher Education and he's just awesome. And I remember calling a meeting with, I think, Suggs and just being like, listen, I know I'm a semester late trying to get into this certificate program, but you need to let me in. <laughs> and we, we had a meeting and he came away and he was, I think I probably scared him with my intensity. And eventually he, eventually he, he was like, okay, yeah, like you can do this. And so I got in kind of a semester late. So I was kind of in between, I, I guess I was kind of in between like cohorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think because I had done things a little late, I think like that fire was so lit and I was so motivated because I could kind of feel that like clock ticking a little bit. It was like, wow, the shot clock is like already at like 15. Like I really need to like get, get going here. And, um, and then, so I think for me it was good, but you know, I probably could have done more had I like given myself more time, but you don't know when you're going to realize okay, this is what I want, you know, especially when you're in college, you're trying so many different things. Like you don't know exactly when I guess that's going to hit you. And so that was just when it kind of happened for me. And fortunately it worked out. And I think a lot of that is because there were so many opportunities staring me in the face that I wasn't taking advantage of. So once I started, things kind of came together fast for me, which, you know, I'm obviously very grateful for. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you, over the course of this journey, you have covered, basically every sport under the sun from the way you, you described it. So how literally does I've even covered hockey. Like I'm from Georgia <laughs> and I got to cover some hockey. Like what on earth? <laughs> That's a and unique experience. I must say, uh, how does the basketball yeah. kind of stack up to everything else that you've covered? You know, like, especially having only been covering the NBA for a few months, um, I feel like I'm still kind of getting a feel for it a little bit, but honestly, I really like it. Um, I think particularly covering pro sports um, is something that I'm a big fan of now because, 
you know, there's something to be said for covering a professional sport and like everyone's an adult, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, there's just a little bit more freedom you get to covering pro sports than you do in college because in college and it varies, you know, depending on the school and everything, but there's a little bit more of like a brand to protect, you know, everything that's going on in the NCAA right now with like amateurism. And, but I think a lot of that factors into how maybe territorial or or careful colleges uh, have become when -hmm. it comes to access and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, it's different everywhere, you know, not to generalize, Um, you know, and I think at smaller schools and colleges, you do get better access, access because they want that coverage. But I think one good thing about covering pro sports is, you know, again, like everyone's an adult and, you know, you can call, you can call someone's agent, you can talk to this player, you know, they are, they're, they're adults and they, you know, they're not always going to say exactly what they want, but there is just a little bit more openness, I think, when it comes to pro sports, um, just because of that, you know, the players are a little bit more maybe established, you know, because they've made it in, you know, that professional way. And so I think there is a little bit more openness. Um, but, you know, being on the job for just a couple months, I'm still kind of figuring all that out. But, um, and just, you know, besides like access and how you cover it, um, I think just like, the culture of the NBA is awesome and the sport itself is, is so fun to cover. Um, it's just a very fun, very fast paced, you know, environment. And the AJC allows me to travel, which I'm super excited about. Um, I don't know how excited I'll be when I'm in like four different time zones, you know, or three different time zones in, <laughs> in like back to back to back days. But um, honestly, even then, like, it's so great, like, you know, being on the road and, getting to know, getting to know the players, getting to tell their stories, getting to talk about the game is just, has just been awesome so far. Definitely. And, uh, yeah, you know, I know you said it's only been a couple months, but so far, has there been anything in particular that really surprised you or maybe was contrary to your expectations going in? You know, I think, I think it's been, it's been really good. I think one thing that I didn't exactly know was, you know, a lot of it does come down to the different markets, you know, in different markets, you know, you, you just, you are where you are, like you get a job where you get a job and then you have to, uh, you know, get to know and understand like that coach and those players. And, you know, you don't know, like there's a lot of different personalities. You don't know how much, you know, okay, is this coach going to be okay with media? Like, are these, how are these like players? Like how, you know, what is that? What's that situation? And I think the Hawks right now, especially because, um, you know, especially because the Hawks are kind of like rebuilding still, I think there is a little bit of a more media friendly environment. And I think that is obviously, that's obviously, you know, good for the outlets who are covering them, you know, because there's a little bit more of a, um, I don't know, maybe it's just like a little bit less hostile of an environment in that way, or at least like so far, that's been my experience. And, and obviously that's good because, you know, you ask Lloyd Pierce a question and, you know, he talks for, he can talk for five minutes, you know, and he's, he's open in that way, um, at least so far when it comes to me, you know, trying to get something, trying to get something explained or, you know, asking, you know, just asking your, your run of the mill questions. And I think that has been, that's been a, a good takeaway so far, for sure. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Now we'll move on to the next part where we talk a little bit of Hawks. How does that sound? That <laughs> sounds good. All right, cool. So Trey Young just sprained his ankle, very unfortunate. And I know I saw you tweet earlier that 
when you when he was asked kind of who would take up the offensive playmaking responsibility, Lloyd Pierce just said the Hawks is a very general answer. So what do you kind of see that looking like as far as how they're going to produce offense without their number one guy? Yeah, absolutely. Um, that was kind of like the intro to his answer, but his full answer was basically him explaining that, you know, they're going to have to do a point guard by committee approach right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously they're going to miss Trey's playmaking. They're also just simply going to miss his scoring um, and his three-point shooting, um, which was obviously like lights out before he got hurt. Um, he had had you know, two absolutely blazing games. And then against the Sixers, he still had a pretty decent game, even though they were trying to take away everything he had been doing. Um, so basically, yeah, they're just going to have to do stuff a little bit by committee. Um, and a lot of that means, you know, I mean, Kevin Herter has been coming back from kind of some right knee issues, mm-hmm. but a lot of that means they're going to have to rely on him. as a little bit more of a ball handler. They're going to have to see what they can get out of Cam Reddish, who has been pretty sound defensively. And, you know, can certainly, it's certainly a good passer, but I think, you know, his scoring just hasn't been coming yet. He's averaging like 4.3 points a game or something, which, you know, he's a rookie and guys develop at different times. So, um, you know, you, who, who knows when that's going to start falling for him. Um, but yeah, they'll definitely have to rely more on Cam Reddish and see, you know, how fast he can develop and, and see if he can, you know, generate a little bit more generate more offense for them as well. Um, But yeah, it'll be a lot on him. It'll also be a lot on DeAndre Bembry, who is another sound defender um, and, you know, can set guys up. Um, So they'll have, they'll have to rely more on him. And then they also just called up, uh, they have Ty Wallace as well, who they claimed off waivers uh, about a week ago, week and a half ago. And then um, they'll also, they're also calling up Brandon Goodwin, um, who is a point guard who was kind of with them in the, in the preseason, but then um, is with their G League team and the College Park Skyhawks right now. So it's going to be a committee approach. Um, you know, earlier today, um, they actually, it was supposed to be just a shoot around, but they actually had a full fledged, the Hawks actually had a full fledged practice because they need to figure out how to play without Trey. Um, and you know, they can still be, they can still be, you know, organized. Like it's not like they lack for leaders, but again, it's just, he's such a big part of what they do. So Mm -hmm. they actually had a full fledged practice and, you know, Lloyd basically said, you know, we have to learn how to play without Trey. And also they were a little undisciplined against Miami. Like they fouled a lot of three point shooters, just little things like that. They really couldn't, they didn't make many threes themselves, which again, a lot of that is Trey. So, um, so yeah, just a couple things that they need to kind of polish moving forward. And Trey's going to be reevaluated next week, so we're not sure how long he'll be out for. But they kind of, you know, I mean, a, an ankle sprain is not great, but they kind of dodged a bullet a little bit because it really did seem like he couldn't put any weight on that right ankle at first. And, you know, he seemed to be in a lot of pain. And, you know, I mean, of course, you can still be in, in pain and then things change. But it, it really did seem like it was going to be more serious than it was. And so, um, you know, not to like downplay an ankle, ankle sprain, but it really, it really could have been a lot worse. And fortunately it sounds like he's going to be back before too long. Um, so, you know, all in all, like, I, you know, that is good news ultimately not to like downplay it. Cause it did not, it did not look fun. You know, certainly he certainly rolled that ankle, but it just, I mean, he could have been out for extended time, you know, and he could have been, you know, m- much more seriously hurt. And, for as small of a guy as he is, 
he's really been pretty durable. And, you know, I think you saw that yet again. Yeah, it definitely looked pretty bad. So I was glad to hear that everything was fine because he's a very exciting player. Right. Sort of on that vein. Yeah. To get off, you know, him being hurt and him being out and that not so fun stuff. He had, I mean, like you said, he's had a blazing couple games to start the year here. From your perspective, what are some of, are there perhaps any elements or improvements that he really brought to the table this year that he didn't so much at the end of last year? Right. Um, You know, I think a lot of it is actually just um, last year in in I think it was November, um, he he really did not shoot uh, from three well at all. And so honestly, just the simple fact that those shots are falling. And I mean, it's fun because, you know, I mean, he, you know, he pulls up from the logo. He, you know, is really confident taking them from pretty much wherever. Um, you know, but, but last year, and of course he's a rookie, you know, you go through ups and downs as a rookie, I mean, as a player in general, but particularly when you're kind of trying to get your NBA legs. And so I think, um, him being able to get those three point shots to fall so fast in the season has been big for them. And also, um, you know, he's playing, he's a small guy, you know, and he's never going to be that elite defender, you know, but, um, but he's actually been, you know, he's been playing defense. He's been putting forth a lot of effort on defense, which is, which is what you want from him. He doesn't have to be that elite defender. Right. But if he puts forth that effort and tries to be like, I think he, I think in his own words, actually with defense, he was like, you know, what I try, I just try to be a sneaky little guy, you know? And, and if, if he can be that, you know, then that's, then, you know, he just needs to improve a little bit on defense and, and that will really, um, but you know, that changes his game because he affects, he affects you on, you know, both sides of the floor a little bit. And so, um, I think the fact that he's been putting forth that effort on defense has also been big. Um, and so, you know, we'll see what happens when he comes back, you know, like he still has to be, you know, he's not, he's off crutches at this point. Like he seems he was walking around fine, uh, today as far as what I saw, but I think, you know, it's a matter of, now coming back from injury, no matter the severity, it's like, okay, when do you get your rhythm back? You know, as far as can I really, you know, explode off that right leg, that right foot, that right ankle. Um, So, you know, we'll just see what happens when he comes back, but he's definitely been off to a pretty sizzling start, you know, Philly, big physical Philly tried to, they did limit him. They did, you know, compared to what he had been doing, but he still had 25 points that game. Um, you know, so, so yeah, I think, I think the fact that his, his shots are falling from three so are so early and the fact that he's doing more defensively, I think has been a big reason of why he was off to the start that he was. Yeah. And effort's all you can really ask for defensively from guys that small, because it's just kind of fact of the matter that they're going to be weakness on that end. But as long as they're busting it, then what more can you want? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Like, as long as he is, like, putting forth that effort uh, and, you know, doing doing the best he can, if he's putting forth that effort, he's going to be doing just enough on that end of the court, you know. Um, it's never going to be, you know, this crazy elite defender, but if he can just do just enough, then that's going to be a big change to kind of up his game. Definitely. And you mentioned kind of Lloyd, You met, we talked about Lloyd Pierce earlier, you mentioned kind of He's, you know, obviously a leader for this young squad. 
What is your read so far been on the type of leader he is? Because this team, as young as it is, really needs that kind of like a big time leader, right? Really needs him to kind of take him into that next step. How is Lloyd Pierce as a leader? Yeah, I think Lloyd is very, you know, he's a, he's a younger coach. I think he's 43, which is kind of funny because Vince Carter's 42. Um, so that, that's kind of funny. Um, but no, I think Lloyd is kind of that, like, yeah, well, I guess my impression, and obviously it's kind of from the, from the media perspective. Um, I think he is someone who gets along really well with the players. Like he's a very, you know, he's, he's a fun guy. He's funny. Um, I think he's someone who really gets along well with the players and like the, the guys really seem to buy into him as a coach. Um, but, you know, he's also he's also not going to let certain things slide. Like, you know, today he was like, yeah, it was supposed to be a shoot around, but we had a full-fledged practice because we fouled three-point shooters, couldn't make threes ourselves, Trey's out, what are we going to do? And so I think my impression of him so far is that he kind of tries to strike that balance between, um, between you know, getting along with the guys, but also making sure they are progressing because, you know, I don't think the Hawks aren't at the phase right now, as far as rebuilding, they're not at the phase right now where there's a, there's a huge rush, you know, like they're still, so they won, I think, okay. So 29 games last year, you know, Tony wrestler, the principal owner said, you know, we have to win more games. We have to see some uptick with that. Um, But they're not at the phase where, you know, they're trying to, you know, there's a lot of like buzz around the Hawks. Like, okay, when can they get that eight seed? Um, But they're, they're not really there yet when it comes to rebuilding, like they've still got a ways to go. And so I think Lloyd is kind of trying to, you know, obviously he's trying to manage the day to day and see, I think they're just trying to make as much progress as possible this year, you know, and that's kind of where that yardstick is for them. Like, let's just keep progressing off of last year. And so I think that's what he tries to do. He tries to get the guys better, but he's also, he also is a fun, funny guy that they seem to really, they seem to really like being around. Like I've seen him, you know, joke with John Collins. Like he, he has some fun out there, but he's also, he's also, you know, animated during games and he's, he's passionate. Um, so I think that that so far, my impression is that it's a pretty good fit. Yeah, for sure. I, I really like him personally. I think he's a fantastic coach and it's, well, I mean, I'm obviously kind of a basketball junkie because, you know, I work in this industry, but I love the Hawks and I love watching them. And his whole offensive system is really great. And I just it's going to be a really fun year. I'm jealous of you. I'll say that much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun. I, I've got I really am very fortunate. I'm in a good position. Um, and Lloyd, obviously, like as young as he is, he obviously has a ton of experience with, you know, helping to kind of rebuild Philly to get, you know, the Sixers where they are now. Um, and so, you know, he does bring that experience as well. For sure. All right. Now we'll move on to the last part here, which is just some fun little quick hitter questions to start. And this is a very important one. What is your favorite place to eat in Atlanta? Oh my goodness. Favorite place to eat in Atlanta. Um, well, oh gosh, part of me is going to say, part of me wants to say like Waffle House because that's like my best <laughs> comfort food. But I guess those are outside of Atlanta too as well. You know what? I'm going to say, I'm going to say Fellini's, which is a really good little pizza place. Um, and it's like open really late. So when a lot of things are closed, um, you can always count on Fellini's and it's just really good pizza, really good Italian 
and there's like this pretty place where you can sit outside and oh you said quick hit um but yeah i'll go fellini's i like to hear everybody rant about their restaurants quick hit is more figurative but yes definitely gotta check that out <laughs> Um, which NBA arena are you looking forward to visiting the most this year as your first year on the beat? Oh, the garden for sure. No. Yeah, no, no, if fans are buts about it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we do like that kind of decisiveness. Um, who has been, so you had obviously, like we said before, you've really been kind of all over the place as far as what sports you, uh, worked on and like people that you interviewed. Over the course of your career, and it could be maybe it came in the last couple of months on the Hawks, maybe it's been was all the way back when you were working for the Red and Black. Who has been your favorite person or player or manager to interview? Holy cow, that is hard. Oh my goodness, I have to think for a second. This goes back to like I'm not as good as talking about myself as as I <laughs> as I probably should be because I'm just like I'm so used to asking the questions that it puts me on my heels to to be asked something like that let me well, think people, for that's a second. one way um, at it is you've had so many interviews it's just hard to choose which I know I know it's, it's a good thing um you know okay so this is a little bit of recency bias um but the one that's standing out to me right now is probably Vince Carter just because um and I guess that's not the biggest surprise because he does a lot of broadcasting stuff. And so he's obviously like, he's, he's used to interviews, like he's comfortable in that arena. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I'm going to have to say Vince Carter just because, I mean, he, uh, he's just, the way he knows the game is just absurd. And the experience that he has, obviously, um, is just absurd. And so I think it, it's really fun to pick Vince Carter's brain. And I think also something that is really telling uh, about him is he lets you as much as he, as much as I'm sure he gets asked the, you know, the same question like 40 times or 400 times or whatever. Um, he's, he's pretty open and you can kind of ask him anything and he'll give it a whirl. Um, so he's very, he's very gracious with his time and he's, he's just, he's really fun. And he's, I mean, the stories that that guy has, you know, are, are pretty, are pretty crazy. Um, so shot, not, not a surprise. Right. But I'll go Vince Carter. Okay. Yeah. Great answer. I would say, um, what's mm-hmm. something that you know now, now that you've been in the industry for a long time that you wish you knew back when you were just starting out back when you were 19 or 20? Hmm. Let's see. I would say probably one of the biggest things I've learned is just don't be, uh, don't, don't doubt yourself. Like it, the worst thing someone can say is no. You know, so if you want to go ask a question, if you want to go pursue something, if you want to call someone, if you want to, you know, if you want to write the story, if you want to chase this particular story, like go do it, go try. And the worst that can happen usually is someone says no. Um, So I think at first that's something that really kind of um, made me not go after as much as I could have because I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to bother this person or like, oh, this person you know, there's no way they'd want to talk to me. And then, you know, you just kind of work your way up and you're like, no, that's not the right mindset. Like, let me go try. Let me go, let me go try to do this. 
And so I think that's one of the biggest things I've learned is just don't be bashful about it. You know, just pursue something and just see what happens. Definitely. And last but certainly not least, is there what's something about the job that you do? And it could be specifically for the Hawks or just as a sports journalist in general that you feel like other people don't know or don't really understand. Hmm. Well, I guess it depends on how much you know, on who's asking you. Um, but I do get a lot of questions of, you know, and my job is really fun. Like I always tell people, like, if I ever complain, like, don't even, don't even entertain that, you know, because like I get to do such awesome things. But I think one thing that is maybe a little bit of a disconnect, uh, you know, depending on who's asking is, um, you know, it is still work. And I, like, I've had people be like, oh, do you get to like drink a beer at the games? And I'm like, well, no, <laughs> I'm there. I'm there working like, no. And so I think there is a little bit of that disconnect because, you know, like, when do you go, when do you go to sports games? Probably when you're not working, it's probably, you know, it's like eight or 9 PM on like a Saturday. And that's, that's when you're, you're completely out of work mode and you're having fun. You're at the game you're a fan, you're, you know, like obviously like advocating for your team. And so I think there's a little bit of a disconnect there because it's like, well, that's not what my role is, you know? And sometimes you'll see that on Twitter when people are like, Oh, you just hate so-and-so. And And it's like, well, no, of course not. I don't like, I'm, I'm not, I don't hate this person. It's just that I'm not for, I'm not a fan like you are, you know? And so like, I have to have that objectivity. I have to be objective. I have to be like, you know, the Hawks didn't play well tonight, you know? And so it's, I think sometimes there's a little bit of like defensiveness that can come out of that or just like maybe just confusion, Um, you know? And so I think that I try to do a good job of explaining like, you know, like that can't matter to me, you know, I have to be objective. And so that's one thing, depending on who's asking, that's one thing that I definitely have to kind of explain is that, you know, like I'm not here to be a fan. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Sarah, that'll conclude the interview. Thanks so much for taking time out of your busy schedule to answer the questions candidly and quite extensively. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you for having me. I hope I didn't ramble too much. But I was just excited. And thank you, listener, for tuning in to the Press Pass podcast. I'm your host, Liam McEwen. Have a good one.